Oh, one thumb down already. That's yeah, nice. Nice. That's nice. Oh, you know what I forgot to do? We're live. <laughs> I forgot to do the uh, intro. Oops. Don't frazzle my sh It's the Woodworking Morning Show. All right, I'm not going to make you sit through that whole thing. <laughs> hey. <laughs> that would be silly. I did have somebody complain about that, like... How do I get that 30 seconds of my life back? What's the deal with that I intro? That and I was like, look, man, it's it's a live show. <laughs> oh, that's a good face. 30 seconds gives us time to breathe and get ready. It also gives people time to get the notification hey. and show up, right? Uh, it's a live show. Things right. happen a little differently. But I'm sorry. If you're not ready, 30 seconds isn't going to help. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. 30 seconds ain't fixing anything here. I'm not going to fix anything today. No, and, and honestly, for that guy... What would he have done better with his yeah, 30 seconds? I don't know. He would have put his finger in his butt. That's what he would have done, Nicole. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It is the Woodworking Morning Show. I'm Mark. And I'm Nicole. And today we're going to answer some questions from the community about woodworking. Uh, we, <laughs> we do receive support from you lovely people, which we, we really appreciate. Um, I'm going to thank some people who helped us out on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash woodwhisperer. As well as on YouTube, there's the whole membership thing there. Uh, there's a little join button if you're on a desktop. I don't think they've gotten their crap together on mobile yet, so you might not be able to find it there. Uh, but it's a similar thing to the Patreon support. Not a requirement, but certainly always appreciated. It's like a tip. Uh, a tip. So we want to thank some new folks who joined us recently. Kevin Howell, Michael Donovan, Colin R23, John Jordan, and Cave Troll. Mm. Gotta love a good Cave trolly. Troll. Isn't it Trolly from uh, Mike the Knight? Is it? Eight. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I never paid attention. We're, to that. Ava and I are reading Mike the Night books. Okay, that's cool. It was Trolley that was making the noise. Oh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> Stupid. For trolley. those of you who have kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. For those that you don't, you're lucky. How's your Funkin'? I haven't had it yet. It feels hot. Nicole uh, <laughs> came into the kitchen, and uh, I'm not sure just, what you were doing. I was trying. So we have a little hot water spigot. Are you adding hot water to it? I wanted to add hot water to it to. Give it a little bit of an extra because it was it was it was a little lukewarm. So I'm like, oh, I've done this before. I just yeah. add a little bit of hot water. I'm good. And my hands didn't work. I'm like, the all whole over. thing just falls. Some f bombs were dropped, uh, and uh, so then I made some more coffee and tried to create a fake Duncan for yeah. her using her cup. So. And that's why I'm calling it a Funkin' this <laughs> Thank morning. Thank you. Okay. We also want to um, mention a couple of things. Woodworkers Fighting Cancer yes. is still going on. So, um, so the 18th for the auctions, okay. 19th, I believe, for submissions. Yes. And we haven't gotten that many submissions. Yeah. So. I, I'm getting a few on uh, social that I'm like, hey, use the support yeah, form. Yeah. I'm um, managing all form. through the support form, which is at uh, the woodwhisper.com. I can't talk Woodwhisper.com slash. Submit. Submit. I don't know. <laughs> Go to, go to the Woodworkers Fighting Cancer page for all the details, yeah. including the link to the submission page. Uh, and the last thing I want to mention here, oh, well, uh, auctions too. Yeah, we yeah. we still have those excellent auctions. Um, is my uh, dice tower still ahead of Matt's? It still is ahead of Matt's. I edged ahead There's of like Matt's. There's like a, a little so Matt unspoken has his competition. Cutting, well, it's unspoken, totally, because yeah. I think you and I talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was looking at how much Matt was getting for his cutting board and then how little I was getting for my dice tower. And I'm like, Gah! 
and it's all in good fun. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the more money we get for these things, the more goes to the charity. Yeah, all of it goes, 100% of your bid will go to the charity. Yep. And then once you make your donation, that's when we you get the item. You get your thing. So Fuji Spray gave us a Q5 Platinum mm. HVLP system. It's the one that I have. It the retails thing is, for $1,400. The thing it's, is amazing. It's only at 700 bucks right now. So if you're whoa, in the market. Whoa, 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 whoa. So that normally when we have tools in the auctions, they go for at least retail yeah. plus a little bit more. Yeah. This is a donation, right? Right. That's $700 and it retails for $1,400? Yeah. yeah, yeah. By the end of this show, it's going to be up to $1,400. Well, or now, now people we are just waiting towards the end of the auction. Yeah, to too. just snipe it. <laughs> Holy smokes. Um, the Belforest Rubo wood package that they donated? Yeah. Um, 17 it's a, it's around 1200 bucks. It's only at 900 Yeah. So. Uh, let's see. So yeah, Jeremiah, go to sorry. the auctions. Yeah, go to the auctions. Jeremiah wants to know how I like the charger in my desk. I'm not even using it. What? Um, well, I even said in the video, I don't have much luck charging through my case. With uh, uh, I've got one of those credit card cases in yeah. there, so I just don't use it. It because doesn't even really take phone calls. You always have to use my phone. It takes phone calls. It just doesn't take <laughs> phone calls in the office. Yeah, well. Okay, and last thing I want to mention, one more week to get... Brian Benham's SketchUp project oh, yeah. in the guild mm -hmm. at the discounted rate. That's uh, woodwhisperguild.com. I'm, I'm saying the link of the name, Nicole, and you're talking. I'm, I don't care. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. I'm trying to do a pitch here. Okay. So that's at woodwhisperguild.com. It's 35 bucks. Gets you into the guild. You're a full-fledged guild member. Uh, for folks who aren't familiar, you don't lose anything. It's not a, a monthly membership. You just buy that project. You become a guild member for life and you get access to the Facebook group and you get access to the guild meetings and interviews and all that stuff. It's all good. For life. I think people are so used to the monthly yeah. charge thing. They want to know, how soon do I lose access? Right. <laughs> when, can, when can I no longer watch the thing I paid yeah. for? Uh, that stuff doesn't happen in the guild. We don't, we don't run the guild that well, way. Well, and I had someone... Uh, t I was talking to a friend of mine who her husband is a woodworker. He's like, oh... He he doesn't feel like he's ready for the guild. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> he is ready for the guild. Like, yep. If you don't think you're, you're ready, you're ready. You're new. It's it's meant to walk you through. It's like saying, I don't think I'm ready to learn woodworking. Right. Because that's what the, it's about. The projects may look difficult, but the instruction is geared to walk you through the process. It's all a series of steps. Okay. So let's do some questions. Hey, we got some shall questions. We? I'm going to take questions from uh, YouTube. Yeah. I've already gr grabbed a few. But if you do have questions and you're wondering why I haven't, he hasn't uh, asked, answered it yet, it's because I'm storing them and then I will ask them. Yep. Like he breaks, which doesn't happen often. Sometimes I stop talking. It's not often though. <laughs> Just ask my kids. Drives them crazy. Okay, Andrew Slaughterback wrote in. He says, do you ever pre-sand your parts before you put a project together to help save time and effort in getting all into the corners? Uh, if so, what grit do you pre-sand up to prior to assembly and final sanding? So yes, absolutely. Um, I, I sometimes overthink what a person is asking me, and this I think it goes to the the core and, and some sort of simplicity of that finishing process. I was thinking more complicated like pre-finishing. He's just talking about sanding. So 100%, I almost always will sand parts to the final grit, basically as far as I can go uh, before assembly, because who wants to sand inside a cabinet, right? Uh, the only time I don't really do this, I might pre-sand a little bit to get some milling marks out, but if I put a door together, you know, maybe like a frame and panel, excuse me, or any place where two parts come together, and I need those two parts to remain flush, right? 
usually after the glue up, they're not gonna be flush. So you have to sand those parts anyway. That's something you can't really get around, but you can actually pre-sand or scrape or do a little bit of work before assembly and then finish it off. Uh, how far do I go in the grits? Depends on how far I wanna go for the finish, right? So whatever that grit is, has nothing to do with the assembly process. It's more just about what grid are you sanding to prior to finishing. Uh, and that could be anywhere from you know 150 to 180 to 220. And then some people get nuts and go way higher than that. So that's totally up to you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Sean Spain says, any advice for using a panel raising bit with a back cutter? This thing scares the bejesus. Yeah out of me. Mm -hmm. I've been, I've run a few test cuts and it keeps getting kicked back. Okay, so a couple things you could probably do. Maybe don't take the entire thing in one bite. You know, those things you can kind of sneak into it. So bring your fence forward and take it slowly. Take it as slow as it takes. I mean, a lot of times there, it seems like you're taking a lot of extra time to do it, but it's totally worth it if you feel like it's uh, increasing your safety factor there. So uh, move that fence forward and maybe go back a quarter inch at a time, you know, until you get back to the full depth so you can make that panel. Um, there's really no reason to take it all in one go. I've seen people do it. It's, it's certainly possible, but depending on the species of wood you're using, how sharp the bit is, um, those things can be kind of scary. So uh, take it slow, take it a little bite at a time. Um, I do have a video, it's an old one, on making a raised panel, um, a raised panel like that using that kind of a bit set that you might check out. So just go to thewoodwhisperer.com, search for raised panel, you should find it. Bada bing. Uh, yes, bada, bada bing, bada boom. Brian Thorpe wants to know if he could buy the SketchUp course for someone else. I, I, I pulled, so here's the problem. You see questions, I pulled them to ask. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, no, well. <laughs> there's no, I, I've been looking into a way to gift projects. It's a little tricky it, the way we have things set up. It, well, it's not even, it, it's part of the software. It's, it's a WooCommerce thing. So there's nothing that allows me for you to buy that for someone else. But we do have gift certificates. Yes, there are so gift certificates. So you can buy someone a gift certificate and of say, that use it by this value. date. <laughs> well, you could say, yeah, use it by this date, but use it for this thing. But it's, I bought you access to that project. It's not as fun. Well, Nicole, I'm just trying to make money here. I know. I know. Give me a break, woman. I understand where he's coming from. <clears throat> no, totally. It yeah, is yeah. much more fun to say, I bought you this thing, as opposed to, here's a gift certificate. Like, right. Like buying someone a gift certificate at a regular store. Right. Right? But some people some people like that. Okay. <laughs> would, would you rather I bought you an article of clothing mm -hmm. or got you a gift certificate? Gift certificate, yeah. Exactly. Because you don't know what a, you're A nice me. gift card. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you would have a nice cable knit sweater <laughs> with my face on it. I feel like... Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Michael Donovan says, I scored a few black walnut trees a few years ago from an Amish guy. Uh, I had them milled, air dried them for a year, then had them killed and dried. Uh, since I got a remarkable deal and I own them right, I believe I could score big in selling them. Okay. Anyone who uses score big in the world of wood makes me laugh. <laughs> What is, what is score big? Because you like, score big? I'm just thinking like people who go, who think in terms of like, I'm going to get this wood for free and then sell it. There's just not that much profit in wood yeah. in general. Go ask Matt about scoring big. He gets all of his trees for free. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Like, anyway, I get it. You're going to make a profit on it. And that's, that's a good thing. Um, all right, where am I? I Sorry. don't know. You went off on <laughs> I made a myself laugh. Okay, so he wants to turn them into projects, uh, either as slabs or milling my own dimensional lumber. 
problem I'm having is finding consistent pricing to base their board foot value off of. Any tips or guidance would be greatly appreciated. Okay, I'm not the wood guy, right? So uh, I also live in Denver. Um, I don't know exactly where you live, but a lot of times these things are regional. So the first thing I would do is look at what other places are selling this material for. Look at your local hardwood dealers, see if you could find a board foot price on the milled material, and you can kind of then base your slabs you know, higher than that. A lot of times the slabs are gonna be more expensive. Um, but look around, look around at what other people are charging and that's your starting point. You know, that's the only, anytime I would price something, that's how I would do it. Look at what the competition is charging and then make a decision that's appropriate for your business. And uh, uh, good luck scoring big. Brian W says, uh, for the SketchUp class, do you need to be online at a dedicated time or is it a video series that I can watch in my free time? Mm -hmm. Like I have any free time. The second. Uh, it is something you can either stream from the site or you can download it for offline viewing. Uh, not many uh, woodworking online schools do that. In fact, yeah. I think we're probably one of the only ones that probably let you do that. Probably one of the few that let you do that, yeah. Um, Someone yeah. goes, will it be in Zoom meetings? I'm like, Zoom, no. Zoom is amateur hour. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, so the system <clears throat> that we use when we upload the videos it allows chaptering, so you can see exactly what will be talked about in that lesson. And it's all broken down in lessons. Yeah. I need to turn my... I got a notification. I got a notification. The wood was We're live. It was only 12 minutes ago. Okay. Uh, Patrick says, is pine really that bad to build furniture out of, or should I use a hardwood like alder instead? Um, you know, some people like pine furniture. They, they like the look. Maybe they like the feel. They like working with it. And it's pine you know, is fairly, fine. It's inexpensive. We have a t-shirt. Yeah, we have a t-shirt that says pine is fine. <laughs> I, I'm on record as saying pine is fine. <laughs> is pine my favorite wood to work with? Is it the wood I would suggest you work with? Well, yeah, if you want to work with pine. If you don't want to work with pine, if you want to move toward hardwoods and you plan to branch out uh, and the budget is there, then yeah, try something like alder. And really alder, I use alder quite a bit. But alder really is only a, a slight step up from pine. It's still very soft and very lightweight. So, um, but it does mill fairly nicely. You could finish it up so it looks like cherry. You could finish it up so it, well, it's not gonna look like walnut, but you can put a nice dark stain on it, but you do have to be careful with blotching with it. Uh, and it, depending on where you are located, especially for West Coast, alder is gonna be pretty darn inexpensive. Um, in Arizona, man, that's all anyone yeah. would use down there was alder. I was going through alder like crazy. Uh, so it's a, it's a pretty good option. I think if you're just starting out, while pine can be a good inexpensive choice and a good one to learn about, you know, learn about woodworking, that really soft wood doesn't give you the same sort of sensation and, and feeling that you get while working with real hardwoods. So when you do go to a hardwood, you might be a little bit surprised about how it behaves under tooling, you know, so you, you just kind of, I like to tell people to work with wood. That's the actual wood they want to eventually work with if you can get a hold of it. You made a mom a cabinet with pine. There's I did. A super chat right there from Nathaniel. Nathaniel. Boop. Okay, Nathaniel says, how do you position your cabinet saw in your shop? Do you have to open a garage door to rip long stock, uh, like a 10-foot piece of eight quarter? Mm -hmm. Well, no. My, my table saw is right in the middle of my shop. I suspect Nathaniel's never seen my show. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, the, there's a shop tour that shows the layout of the well, shop. It's a four-car garage. Yeah. So and so it's long ways. And there is one, but it's the 2019 shop tour. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, even the thumbnail shows you uh, an overview of, of the whole entire shop. I even got up in a ladder to get into the corners. 
So for me, when the luxury is there, um, I want that table saw sort of centrally located in the shop, and then I make sure I have enough room to go all the way around it. Now, if you're in a situation where you're up against a garage door, I've had a shop situation like that mm -hmm. when I was working on um, in Arizona when we moved to the new house. Mm -hmm. I was working out of that garage. I kind of I had to figure something out. So even there, I put you know I had the luxury of the entire garage space. So I put it with the long dimension of the shop. So if your shop is a rectangle, putting the table saw with the long dimension is helpful. But if you are pressed against a garage door, you know what? Sometimes that's that's the only thing you could do is lift that garage door up and then you have plenty of room behind the garage door or flip it around and then your outfeed goes out the garage door. I've seen plenty of people do it. It's it's not ideal. But if you if you have to, you do what you got to do. Wintertime will suck, but yeah. That's what you got to do. Uh, and also watch any of our episodes, you'll see how the table saw is used. Excuse me, in my shop and uh you know how much room I have around it. OJ did a super chat and made Whoa. me laugh. I'm burpy. Oh, there's OJ. Okay. Okay, can't watch this time. Thank you for the future entertainment. No pressure. Make it one of your top 100 shows of all time. It's pretty easy, right? Yeah. You know, that's how do you not. figure? That, we got like 400 plus shows. But it's it's then it it's just not that hard statistically to be better than that's yeah. a, a very wide group of shows. Okay. I think we. We'll can, do our best, OJ. I think we could score the top 100. I uh, got a question here from Tim JB. I heard a lot of people are starting to complain uh, web sketchup slows way down with larger, more complex projects. I was wondering how, wondering about this and how Fusion oh no, I'm I'm misreading what he's saying. Fusion 360's change is going to affect guild plans. And Kyle said, I, do we know if the web version of SketchUp is going to be going to stay free? We don't work a SketchUp. <laughs> Nobody knows Nobody anything. Nobody knows anything. And, and everybody for the longest time was like, Fusion 360 is free. You know, mm. like it was this alternative to SketchUp as SketchUp got more complicated and the desktop version started to go away. Look, guys, it's when software. Did, when did Fusion 360 um, change their... Because they do they still have a free model or is it paid yeah, they're still a free thing. They're still a free thing. Yeah, but, but what what's happened? happening is what always happens. You guys got to learn from from uh, like history and the way that these things happen. Software can come out. They put it out there because they want to gain traction. They got to get people using the software. Then it gets popular, and then they pull back, and mm -hmm. then they start to say, "Here's the free version." The free version does a little bit less because they need to push people into that pro level. And I think the SketchUp or the uh, Fusion 360 changes are really about. This one hurt, I think. This hurt mm -hmm. a lot of the people who are makers who may be in that in-between territory of like for-profit business yeah. or just some person having fun making stuff, right? So they take some of these features away because they want you to put out a few bucks, yeah. right? And if you're making money Bunch from of free the loaders. software, <laughs> if you're making money from the software, then it only makes sense that uh, you should probably be paying some kind of a license fee. So everybody's like skipping around back and forth. And the thing is, I'm not chasing this, right? Uh, what I use to make plans, I feel is irrelevant. Uh, I like being able to provide files that are like a SketchUp file, or if we use Fusion 360, some kind of a, a source file that allows you to go into that program. But I don't think that that's necessary. If the world of free 3D modeling software just becomes so convoluted that nothing works well and nobody's happy with any free software, I'll just stop offering the files. What I have to offer is a PDF. And what I use to put stuff into that PDF is kind of a behind the scenes thing. As a courtesy, I love providing these files that we use 
to create those plans, but I don't think that that's a necessity. And it's not my job to chase software companies mm -hmm. like this. It drives me nuts because, I mean, I get it. You, you get used to using a tool and then someone takes that tool away. Or they change it. But it's their toy. They can, you know, they can change the rules at any given time, so we can't be too dependent on them. Um, so that said, I don't know what the status of like large files bogging down the web version, okay. uh, what that looks like or what, at what point you hit that threshold. Uh, I don't know, maybe our files, some of the guild files mm -hmm. with lots of different images, like um, you know the bigger projects, maybe they do. I, I don't really know for sure. Michael Donovan <coughs> said in the chat that he downloaded the 2017 desktop version of SketchUp. Mm -hmm. He says it's still solid and you can find it on their website. Yeah, that's SketchUp Make 2017, it's still there. I just think they're not gonna support it from here forward. Mm -hmm. So as OS changes happen and combat compatibility starts to be an issue, um, but still for the, for the time being, SketchUp Make 2017 is still downloadable, still something you can use. And there's the web version. Then, of course, there's the web version, which is what Brian's um, introduction is focused on. Mm -hmm. And my guess is they're going to continue to keep that web version free because it's still not a perfect solution for a lot of people, right? And that's what you want your freebie like to be as a business. You want it to be like good enough to, to capture people and to get them interested, but... Bad enough that there's a couple of um, handicaps that cause you to go, well, maybe I'll pay that licensing fee. Mm -hmm. uh, Apo Apina says, how do you decide what content goes on the free site and what goes to the guild? Good question. Usually involves a coin. <laughs> it's usually me and him going, does the free site need some content? <laughs> no. No, a lot of times what it is, uh, you know, a more, a bigger complex project is always going to be I'm going to say guild first, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to think, should this go in the guild? And if I can't use it in the guild or I feel like it's been a while since we've done something substantial on a free site, mm -hmm. then I'll say, well, maybe this will just go on the free site. So, you know, it kind of depends. But if I haven't done a project for a long time in the guild, yeah. or I should let me put it the other way. If I just finished a project in the guild, it's very unlikely that I'm immediately going to go into another guild project. I just let that one breathe and then I'll put another one out a little bit later. Because the free site is really kind of <clears throat> the showcase of what you can do and just a little sampling of what you do in the guild. Sure, so. yeah. And I think going forward, we are, you know, I am committed to doing more detailed work mm -hmm. uh, on the free site just because that's, that's the kind of content that makes me happiest. I feel like I'm, I'm serving my purpose on this planet when I make a detailed woodworking video. When I make a video that's chasing algorithms or just showing highlights, to me, uh, a five-minute <laughs> highlight, fast-forwarded, sped-up video really diminishes the amount of effort that I put into a project. Um, so I think those are fun to make and those are fun videos to share, like on social media. Uh, in the end, at the end of the day, when I look at what I've done, I feel so much better about a, pro a, a video that is as detailed and deep as the project was mm -hmm. for me, right? Purpose. Yeah, and I think when you build projects like I build that tend to be a little bit more involved, a little bit more detail, then the video should reflect that detail, ideally. Uh, Brian, up at the top, is new to the Wood Whisperer. Oh, good. And the Guild. What's up, Brian? Walric? Walrich or Walric? New to the Guild, and uh, let's see, I used the Rubio Monocode on a project, and I noticed that you used a second coat of maintenance oil. What is the need or benefit of applying a second coat to a monocoat? All right, well, I do have a video on this, Brian, uh, on the free side of things. It's um, how to apply Rubio to furniture. It's relatively new, too. It is, yeah, it's just this year. So check that out. That is going to go through all of that stuff. But I'll tell you very quickly, the universal maintenance oil that they sell is just a simple clear oil. It's an optional 
second coat and essentially it just gives it a little bit more sheen. I don't know that it's even adding much in the way of protection, but what I find with Rubio, it's very, very matte sort of finish. Uh, a little bit too matte for my taste. Uh, I like to see just a little bit of reflection coming off of a, a wood surface. Uh, so when you just finish with that first coat, while it's probably you know as protected as it needs to be for that, that finishing system, it just looks a little unfinished. And it's amazing how much that universal maintenance oil adds. I think they, they say 15% additional sheen. I might have that number wrong. Um, but if you put the sheen on a, a percentage basis, I guess 15% is, is what they say. Uh, so it adds just a little bit more of a reflective quality to it. To me, it makes the, the piece look more finished and done, right? So that's why I do it. Uh, Byron said, so you're saying the Guild is similar to, to the SketchUp free version versus the pay version. <laughs> LOL. Say wait, I don't get it. What? So the Guild is the, the paid version of SketchUp. And oh, I see, yes. SketchUp free web version is the, the free site. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Yes. You got it. <laughs> Look how I'm, I'm double fisting here, my drinks. Oh my gosh. I'm an animal. <laughs> uh, Bill wants to know, any chance of woodworking sketch, sketch, skits teaching beginners involved with Nicole? You want more skits? You want more skits? You really do. Are you guys sure? When people ask for that stuff, I'm like, are you really sure? Did sure. you see the wizard costume? I don't know. That was pretty funny. Was it? I liked it. I think it was adorable that Ava's like, <laughs> we told her not to. We're yeah. like, be serious. And she just couldn't be serious. I think there's layers of humor in mm -hmm. these things where some people might find it overtly funny. Yeah. Right? Like whatever's happening there, that's a funny little thing. I find it funny in a way that says like, I can't believe this guy thinks this is funny. <laughs> right, that's the, that's the way I look at our skits. I don't find them on the surface level funny. Oh, they're fine. I just find it funny that we were willing to actually yeah, do that. Yeah, look at this a-hole. Look at this guy. A <laughs> uh, question here from Robert Morris. He says, uh, tongue oil on cutting boards, thoughts? That's perfectly fine. Tongue oil, as long as it's pure tongue oil and not just a can that says tongue oil and has mineral spirits and Check for that. all kinds of other garbage in it. Um, as long as it's pure tongue oil, I actually think that's a great finish for food items because it's a curing oil. So once you apply it, unlike mineral oil, it will actually cure. And you could apply multiple coats and actually get a pretty, you know, fair amount of um, water resistance out of it. Yeah. Uh, Dennis <coughs> wants to know, is Jatoba? Jatoba. Jatoba. Yes. A good wood to use for cutting boards. Mm -mm. It's oily. Well. Isn't it? It can be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, out of the exotics, Jatoba has not, you know, for, for the applications that I've used it for, by the way, this is like um, also known as Brazilian rosewood. Mm. You might see this in flooring, oh, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, or doesn't... Yeah, that's what um, uh, Jim, Jim had put in his house. Yeah. So I've had situations where it's really not, like kind of, Babinga is kind of like that too, where some people report problems with oil-based finishes because of the natural oils in it. And then I go, well, I haven't really seen that in the pieces that I've had. So Jatoba is also like that. I have not seen personally a lot of oil that causes problems with finishing. Um, what the heck was his question? I somehow got on the finish. Cutting was board. It about, he wants oh, cutting board. Cutting board. <clears throat> I knew I lost the, uh, the train of thought there. <clears throat> you know, I do get a little bit nervous about exotics and cutting boards. Now, Jatoba comes across, like I said, because Brazilian I don't, cherry, not rosewood. Or Brazilian cherry. Jeez, sorry. <laughs> Brazilian rosewood is Thanks, a Jason. very different thing. Thank <laughs> you, Jason. 
so on a cutting board though, I, I get nervous about recommending that other people use exotics in a cutting board just because I think it's good to cover my butt that way. Um, but I have used Babinga in a cutting board before and I have used Jatoba in a cutting board before. And, mm -hmm. it, and, and, and I, no one's died yet, which is always the best way to evaluate safety. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to tell you, just as a safety thing, it's usually best to avoid any kind of exotics in cutting boards. That said, people do use them all the time. If it's a very oily wood, absolutely, 100%, don't use it. It's just not a great idea. I have another. You have see any questions you want to throw up? Um, <clears throat> oh, I actually do have one more question. Okay. Yeah, from Jack. Jack. How do you sharpen your bench axe slash hatchet? Uh, I know you use water stones for other tools and a kitchen style sharpener for knives and a burnisher for card scrapers, but what the heck do we do with an axe? Are there angles involved like a plane blade? Do we follow the curve with a sharpener or go against it 90 degrees and multiple passes, wax on, wax off? This kind of depends on the hatchet. Now, what I really like about the bench hatchet that Lee Valley sells, so let me point it this way, Just get, Yeah, I was gonna say, it's like, a little sharp. Yeah, this little guy, the reason why I really, really love this is because you could take the blade off, right? So if you want to, you got a flat back on this side. Uh, by the way, this is not the same for all hatchets. Uh, they may be different, right? This one is just kind of unique in that way, but you got a flat side. So you basically are gonna hone the flat like you would a chisel. And now you have a bevel on the other side and that beveled face is curved, right? So that's a little bit harder. Now you could take the blade and of course, without the handle, this is a whole lot easier. And you could kind of just treat it almost like a kitchen knife as you go across that bevel um, or along the length of the bevel. But I actually find it easier on curved surfaces. Uh, this is just a personal thing. You don't have to do it this way, but I find for any curved surface, including the kitchen knives, uh, this is the method that I use, right? So I'll get one of these diamond, little diamond plates, diamond sticks, uh, and I will find that bevel, eyeball it, and I hold it in such a way that I can see what the heck I'm doing, and I follow it along like that. Don't cut me. I promise I won't cut you. I find that I have a pretty good de degree of control this way, and it's a nice fat bevel, so I find it very easy to keep things really nice and sharp. And then, of course, you could still flatten that backside like a chisel or a plane blade. Right? That's, that's what I do. Uh, if I had a hatchet that maybe had a bevel on both sides, same thing. Run it this way, flip it over, run it the other way. I like uh, Jose's question because it's so true. Mm -hmm. Why do American woodworkers say exotic to woods from Mexico and Latin America? <laughs> when I lived there in Mexico, we called it by its name. It's kind of like saying it's, Mexican food <clears throat> when you live in Mexico, I guess. Uh, I think it's just a matter of being food. international. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's exotic not, because it's, it's not local. It's not domestic. Yeah. Domestic means it came from the U.S. Yeah. Exotic means it's outside of the U.S. So is there pine in But then Latin again, America? I think... What's that? Is there pine in Latin, <clears throat> Latin America? I'd be curious to know, like, because it, it just all depends on where you would live. Yeah, good question. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I would imagine the local woods of any region are your domestic species mm -hmm. and your exotic species. I guess let's put quotes, air quotes around that. Your exotic species would be things like American cherry. That have to be... Black walnut. Have to be imported. In, imported in. Yeah. <clears throat> Does exotic, though... Bring with it the additional, you know, thought of it being like a rainforest wood. Maybe I don't know. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
That's a good mm. question. But generally, I think you'll find a lot of woodworkers just kind of <laughs> generically say exotic means not in the U.S. Is Russian pine exotic? Sure. <laughs> That's super exotic. <laughs> uh, I got a question here from Stumptown. Uh wasn't it talked about at some point starting a scholarship or sponsor fund for new woodworkers that guild members can fund? Yes, and we did that during the lockdown. And in fact, I went through, um, we funded, we had a ton of people donate and I need to put up a post thanking everyone. But I do have a list of everyone that donated and the uh, shop teachers that were funded. So we gave away one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight scholarships um, to to high school and middle school teachers That's to awesome. help um, them teach during the lockdown. And probably still, some of them are still doing virtual. Yeah. Um, so we had a, a lot of people donate to that. Uh, the fund, I used up all of those funds for those eight scholarships because um, the instructors got two to three projects each. So anyway, um, if you want to know more about the scholarship program, it is, it should be on the Wood Whisperer. If you just search for scholarship, you'll find it. So there you go. Okay. <clears throat> I'm out of questions. Oh, officially. you're out of questions. I guess I can, yep. you see any more? Cause I have, I've, I have more. So Mike Donaldson, he says exotic dancing. <laughs> I mean, it brings up a good point. Is exotic dancing, you know, would, would, would the thing that I do be called domestic dancing? <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's just dancing. Okay. You know? Well, not the way I do it. But <laughs> I, I get what you're trying to say. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I got a question here from uh, Basti. <clears throat> what dust collector would you recommend? I have, a, I have big tools, 22-inch uh five horsepower planer, an eight inch, three horsepower jointer, a saw stop, and a 22 inch drum planer. Well, some kind of cyclone would be good. Mm -hmm. You could find, there's still big floor standing sort of cyclone units uh, units, and, um, you know, big powerful, you know, more traditional roll around style dust collectors that could work. But if you have those big tools and you're looking to do a ducted system, um, I really think you should be looking at a, a permanent cyclone setup. And that is a whole new world of dust collection. Uh, Oneida is the company we work with. We've worked with Clearview in the past. They've got great offerings as well. Um, try, th those are the only relevant new um, cyclones that I've had time with that I could give a personal recommendation for. So um, both are pretty great companies. <clears throat> uh, Apo Apina says, I'm 95% sure that the same pine species that grow in the US and Finland, for example, um, so the exotic thing is in the eye of the beholder. I think so too. I mean, and that's what I mean. I, yeah. th I think it definitely depends on where you're at, mm -hmm. what you're exposed to. Exotic, I think, just means we don't normally get this. Yeah. Right. Or naturally get it. Um, here's a good question, Brian. I saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> How do you manage a healthy relationship, also working around the clock together? <clears throat> um, there's a there's a a presumption here that we have a healthy relationship, <laughs> right? What if we don't? Oh, no. <laughs> this is all a farce. Uh, uh, we've always 
lived together. This is all we know. Yeah. Like since we've known each other, minus the, the month or two leading up to you moving to California, yeah. we've only known each other as roommates. Right. So it's just a dynamic that's kind of been in our relationship since day one. Mm -hmm. We've also um, been pretty good over the years about maintaining separate spaces. Um, although here we kind of broke some of those rules a little bit, but in the past we would always have like her office space, mm -hmm. her video game space, yeah. my I still have my space, own video game space. Right, we each have our own consoles. Like yeah. there has to be a place where we can each go to get away from each other. My closet. <laughs> she has a closet. In fact, I think when she spilled her coffee this morning, That's she where, just ran into her closet. I did, I did. She's got just, a nice, I just, you know, decent size. It's nice size and dark and quiet. Closet. Like if you're ever looking for me, I'm probably in my closet. <laughs> yeah, the problem is it smells like pee in there. No, it doesn't anymore. For some reason, it oh, really? doesn't smell that bad. But I am going to well, get the carpet changed. When Dougie was a puppy, guess where Dougie oh would run to go do a little pee-pee when he shouldn't yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, so we're getting the carpets replaced. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I, it's, I, I think it could be tricky. But I think, you know, respecting each other's space when we need it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I have this space, right? Oh. This is my, my play space, my workspace. And we actually do work very outside of this part of the show, right? We do work apart yeah. most of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, these days, Nicole's hardly working at all because she's, you know, homeschooling Ava. Yeah. Um, trying to get her ready for the whole kindergarten thing. So, mm -hmm. you know, but I don't know. It's it's just, for us, it's just the way things always were. I think for, for couples who have to make an adjustment, mm -hmm. you know, and have to go from not living together to living together, there's a little more to think about. I know all of your bad habits and you know all of mine. Oh, boy, do I, Nicole. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I think that's that's a big thing. Where if you do, if you go to, if you go somewhere and then you had to spend, you know, three months together, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know that was so annoying. And I would say this, not to make this a, you know, drag out a whole relationship sure. advice show, but something we can always remind ourselves to do. Mm -hmm. Two things, laugh a lot, yes. find reasons to laugh, especially after you have kids, though there, there sort of becomes fewer and fewer reasons to laugh. Uh, but you need to keep finding those. And um, also, s don't stop doing nice things for each other. Yeah. And that's something we could get better at doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, he whether it's <laughs> making her a coffee she didn't expect, her making me a you know bagel breakfast sandwich that mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting, those little things. Don't wait to pay something back. It's a pay it forward kind of mm -hmm. thing, right? Always try to do that nice thing first. <clears throat> and I think and, that just keeps everybody in a good mood. And don't keep score. I mean, you, it, that's a losing battle right there yep well i did this and you should do that <clears throat> no it's just you're both adults pick you know i don't like to do dishes so he, he'll do dishes but on occasion i'll do them because i want to do something nice right well and the dishes are about like they're falling out of the sink and onto the ground so that's when she's like well i guess i'll do something about this <laughs> it's time okay i waited as long as i could <laughs> i put that off as long I as possible <laughs> nicole goes into the closet has become the title of today's show <laughs> It's nice and quiet and dark. Everybody is re repeatedly letting us know that there is pine in Mexico. Okay. All right, what else we got? Anything yeah, I else? I don't know what to tell you about. Do you have more questions? Yeah, I do have more questions. <clears throat> questions? Questions. I got more questions. Questions. Uh, Renzo says, how flat does the sole of a, of a hand plane need to be? I just bought a Veritas low angle jack plane and I can see some daylight under it. Depends on where it is. I mean, how about putting it on some wood and seeing what it does? Uh, ideally, you do want these things to be flat. I can tell you I've got a number of planes here 
And because they are Lee Valley and Lee Nielsen, I do assume that they're, you know, mostly flat or flat enough for my purposes. So I've never even checked them, right? And I think this is where a, ton, a lot of woodworkers can get themselves in trouble by checking things. Not, it's funny because it's like ignorance is bliss sort of thing. Um, but you're looking at it, you're seeing light, but you ha I'm assuming you haven't yet answered the question, how does it perform? Like, is it actually enough of a, a daylight to cause a problem? I don't know, um, but test it out, see if it is. That said, if it is a significant amount, then you might wanna contact them because they'll either you know grind it flat or maybe send you one that is flat. At the price that those two companies charge for their planes, you should be getting a flat sole. <clears throat> Uh, Cliff wants to know if you're going to uh, going to cover using dominoes as one of the method, methods for installing breadboard ends. I am. Yep. Yep. Good deal. By the way, I'm plus one today, Nicole, because I made you coffee. I'm going to write it on the whiteboard. <laughs> okay. I'm going to start keeping score now. <laughs> After 40 years I gave of marriage. Birth. I gave birth twice. Yeah, that only counts for two points. <laughs> you only get two for that, Nicole. <laughs> <clears throat> Just kidding. Uh, uh, Chris, did we already talk? No. Chris wants to know any recommendations for HVLP spraying powered by an air compressor? Uh, yeah, conversion gun. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know that much about conversion guns. I've never really used them much. I know Fuji does sell a conversion gun. Uh, we did a giveaway on that when they first came out with it. So look into the world of conversion guns, but I have no specific recommendations uh, just because my, you know, Spray finishing has been really turbine focused uh, since I started. Mm -hmm. uh, Sandy wants to know what the hatchet is for. <clears throat> Scaring Nicole? No. Primarily? What, what is it for? It's for chopping, chopping wood. Chopping yes, the Nicole, meat. it is. Chopping for, the meat. For chopping the meat. <laughs> I, I use it to do like riving things where I want to split off uh, along the grain nice little pieces of wood to make dowels oh, from them. Okay. Uh, and anything else where I need a really rough. Uh, um, so what's the chopping tool? Uh, that's not the same as the one you use for the barbecue stuff, right? Mm -hmm. That's a different hatchet. Yeah, I've got like a run-of-the-mill. What's that orange brand? F uh, Fisker? Fesker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Festival. I have the scissors. Yes, yeah, they're, they they're like a garden tool yeah, brand. Yeah. Um, I've got a hatchet that I use to chop wood for the smoker, and that is not the same thing. This and this is like if you could dare utter the words precision hatchet. <laughs> Like, is that something people would say? This is a precision hatchet, Nicole. It is a precision hatchet. Speaking of barbecue, <laughs> someone wants to know uh, when, your, broccoli. when your next barbecue video is coming out. He did record. I forgot about it. You... I actually did the editing, and I have a rib video mm -hmm. sitting on, on top of my computer. And I probably could release that today if I there wanted to. Go. Yeah. You guys want a rib video? Yeah. Let's do a rib video. Release the Kraken. I, I already, re yeah, release the rub, baby. <laughs> I already did the editing on it, too. So, uh, Jamie wants to know, what do you do with all your scrap wood? It's always just <clears throat> off camera. In a, is it just off camera in a pile growing forever? Yes, mm -hmm. it's right outside the door. We bought the largest Rubbermaid tote in existence. <laughs> it's that black and yellow one that yep. they sell at like Home Depot. Yeah. It's completely full. And uh, typically in a non-COVID time frame, excuse me, I wait till it gets to the top and then I put a message out locally that says anybody who wants it, come and get it, but you got to take it all. Like yeah. you can't just can't pick, pick and choose. It, no. You take it all. Uh, so we've done that a number of times and I haven't done that in a while. Hey, so if you're watching and if you are local to Denver, 
email me, NicoleAtTheWoodWhisperer.com, and I'll put it on the corner for you. And you could come and take Part it Part of the problem, though, now is because it's been there for so long, yeah. a lot of the wood that's in there is not in as good a condition as well, it could Well, we'll be. go through it and throw away. So I do burn some of it. I give as much away as possible. I would love, I would much rather see these things go into future projects uh, mm -hmm. for other people. Like a cutting board. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Like than that. going into a smoker. Um, but I will use it for some bonfires in the back, for starters, for the barbecue. And then sometimes when things don't fit in the racks, they don't fit in the box, and they are small enough, they just get thrown away. Mm -hmm. And I know people hate to hear that, but you know, there's only so much you can do. I've, else? I've, I've been on a, I don't know if anybody else, after we came kind of out of lockdown, Whoa. I just felt like I needed to clean and get rid of stuff that we, so I went through old clothes and it was like a whole thing. Yeah. We need to do that. Oh, a scrap wood challenge. That would be good. Sure. The challenge is to, uh, who can burn it the fastest? <laughs> All right. That's really going to wrap it up for yeah. our show today. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. Anything else we need to remind people of? Uh, if you are a $5 subscriber on Patreon, I will be selecting the Guild Project winner there. Okay. So. And if you're a $5 or higher you know, Patreon subscriber, you get the after show, which is going to happen oh, yeah. after this show. I'll put a uh, link. As in... well as the membership level. That's the $5 membership level on YouTube. Yeah. And if then... Go to the community tab for YouTube. And for those that are subscribed through Patreon, I'll put the link to the post right yes, there. Yes. But I'm fine. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. And we hope you have a wonderful weekend. It's October. Yeah. It go is. Go carve a pumpkin or something. Go listen to some uh, Devil Went Down to Georgia. Hey, if you have iHeartRadio, just say, play some Halloween yeah. music. There you go. Get a nice little playlist going. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. Bye.